Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 87. I'm Art Regner. I know that we've been sporadic, but I promise that uh, we will be uh, doing these often, the Red and White Authority. We love doing it. We love bringing it to you. And uh, uh, before we welcome in our guest, the director of player uh, development for the Red Wings, Sean Horkoff, it's time to say hello and welcome our sponsor, Labatt Blue, again. Hey, Red Wing fans, it's time for hockey with Labatt Blue, the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. From the first puck drop to the final horn, cheers to the Rinksiders on Woodward Avenue as they love their Labatt Blue. And remember, get your limited edition Labatt Blue Red Wing Cans. Yeah, that's right. It's a collector's item. Man, I can't get enough of them. I don't even... I do drink Labatt Blue, but my Labatt cans, collectors, I keep the beer in there. Why? I don't know, but I do. Look at why supplies last. Get your Red Wing Collector cans. They're wonderful and always drink responsibly, especially during the holiday season. Now let's welcome in Sean Horkoff. <laughs> Sean, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Uh, the last time that you did the Red and White Authority was right after, I believe it might have been your first development camp up in Traverse City. I know last year it was here at, uh, uh, at Little Caesars Arena. And I guess my question for you is, is in a year's time or a little over a year's time, for the research I've done, you implemented a lot of different drills and things that the Red Wings were doing. Even the big club does does the things uh, that, that, that you've implemented. And, and I'm kind of curious, you kind of seem to be on the cutting edge as far as director of player personnel throughout the league. Is that because you're not that far removed from being a player that you kind of understand today's athlete, for lack of a better term? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think there's a few things that go into it. Um, certainly just being, you know, I wouldn't say freshly anymore. It's been three years now removed from the league. But, um, you know, when you're in the league, obviously, you, you, if you're not doing it yourself, you hear of, of other things that guys are doing. So you're certainly up to date on, on the latest and greatest, really. You know, I think, uh, I think other things that come into play also is that was an area, you know, I was a type of player um, that really kind of built a career around working hard and and, and trying to be on the, on the cutting edge myself, you know, in terms of, of training and uh, and everything that went into it, sleep doctors, nutritionists, uh, you know, off-ice coaches, on-ice coaches, skills coaches, skating coaches, every every single thing. And, and the thirdly was I just, I really have an interest for it. You know, I, I um, performance and, and trying to maximize performance is something that I've always, uh, uh, like I said, found interesting, and, and, and so it's easy for me. It's easier for me to, 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 to look around, and you know, when I go to Europe, uh, I try to talk to and meet with skills coaches, skating coaches. You know, you meet with the coaches, you talk about what they're doing on the ice because things are different. Um, so I'm constantly trying to pick people's brains to feel, to get a feel for uh, you know for what everyone's doing. Well, when you're in the league still as a player, was there a point where? Or were you always interested in it, no matter what? Or did you, did, when some of the younger guys started to filter through, started to make the roster, did you say, whoa, this is completely different than it was when I first broke in? And I mean, I know things evolve, but was there a point where you said, hey, um, maybe I should add this even to my own repertoire? Yeah. Well, I actually got really lucky. I think my, my agents, uh, back when I was still a senior in college, 
uh, when I was done, you know, they said, and that was probably, that's 20 years ago now, that was, uh, you know. At Michigan State. At Michigan State, yeah. That was probably the first time that, not the first time, but that was really around the time that everybody was, it was kind of turning into a 365 a day a year job. Real job, you know, like, right, yeah. Um, and that was really when it started. My agent said to me, they said, listen, out in California, there's this trainer called T.R. Goodman. Um, and he's training. At that time, it was, you know, Chris Chellis was, was the biggest guy. He was he was out there training. But they had, you know, Marilyn Muser at the time and Jeremy Roenick and Anson Carter and Matthew Schneider. And uh, the, the list goes on. You know, the, the list went Rob Blake. Like, there was right. just, there's probably 30 of them, but they were all just legitimate stars in the NHL and they were training with this guy all year long and I always prided myself on a guy that really worked hard and and liked I always enjoyed training so liked that aspect of it so thought it was going to be kind of no problem when I first went there I was quickly a week into it uh, you know for up at six in the morning training for two and a half hours every day in the morning uh, I quickly realized that man if I'm going to play in the NHL and even just be along these guys alongside these guys I gotta have to I, I gotta get going here you know like so when I first got the job, I kind of thought about that. I don't know if we've, I think we might have talked about it mm-hmm. off, you know, off, uh, off mic before, but I just thought, I, I remember the value that that gave me at the start of my career. And it kind of stayed with me throughout my career where, to the point where I didn't stay with TR forever, but I probably had three, four different strength coaches. I was always searching for the latest and greatest strength coach, you know, because I right. felt like those guys were always on the cutting edge. And I think towards the end of my career, the last six or seven years, I found Annie O'Brien, who was obviously Sidney Crosby's uh, strength coach and, and learned a lot from him uh, and he kind of carried me through to the end um, but you know like I said so I wouldn't say that it was there was one point in my career I was fortunate that my agents had exposed me to that early and uh, you know I, I you know I learned from him when, when you say when you went out to California, I can remember many years ago, like the training methods, it seemed like Barry Sanders, everybody was going out to California to train. Yeah. Where you were doing stuff where literally you're carrying like a boulder on your back and running up sand dunes, or was that part of it? Yeah, we were on the, we were on the beach. No, I mean, a lot of it was, it was in Venice, uh, Gold's Gym, Venice Beach. Um, a lot of it was done in the gym. Uh, we would do long, real long, like sand workouts. You know, we'd, we'd, we'd run over to the beach and work on the sand. Uh, there's the Venice stairs there. We do a lot of stair workouts, and then really towards uh, the end of the summer in August, uh, we would do circuit training, and that's what kind of made you know TR was really famous for was the circuits. We'd go and you know for that's because more guys were starting to skate, right? And really the heavy lifting was done by that time, so we were trying to work on our conditioning more than anything, and uh, yeah, we'd go in and do circuits for about an hour. And then head to the rink and skate for. How beneficial? I know it's beneficial physically for your body. It's good. But when you, you know, the, the old thing I can remember and going back a long time, like Lance Parrish was from California and had all these weird workout things, especially lifting weights. And he had to have a secret weight room in Tiger Stadium because Sparky Anderson thought that bulking up slowed your swing down or yeah. slowed you down. Yeah, that seems to be the opposite now. Like if if you if you lift properly or you tone and everything, it does it does make you quicker. I mean, is has it just really evolved from even when you started back, you know, as a as as a senior at Michigan State to to where it is today, where every day you could get up and there's something else new or something else that you you know that you say, hey, I better you know look at this yeah it's hard to stay cutting edge that's what you know that's why I'm constantly talking to people in the know and just finding out where because yeah. new stuff pops up all the time 
And you have to be careful. And it obviously, especially when it's new, it doesn't always work. You know, like right. what's and, and, and what and for what one player needs, it might be exactly opposite from what another player needs. You know, so uh, you got to be very careful. Uh, like I think one thing that's changed the most is it's all individualized now. Right. Even back then, we went in there. We all did a group training where. We all we, we did essentially the same thing in right. that group. I think now everything is so, uh, you know, tailored to the specific needs of, of, of each player. Is that because it seems that each player slash prospect has their own nutritionist for the most part, has their own trainer, so they've been doing a routine a lot longer than they've been quote unquote Red Wing prospects. Is, and do you have to somehow figure out what the routine is or are you in contact with their own individual coaches? Yeah, all of that, you know, the coaches, uh, their strength, whoever they're dealing with, like essentially right from when we draft them, um, that's the first thing I need, I need a list. I need, you know, who are you working out with in the summer? Who's your skating coach? Who's your skills coach? Um, you know, some players the list is long, other players the list is short. <laughs> And then the work goes in, and then, then, then I call and just find out um, what they've been doing. Um, by the time development's done, I get a pretty good assessment of, of what that player's strengths and weaknesses are. And then we really try to just build if, if they're, uh, you know, if they're willing to, uh, if they're willing to put the time in, then we build a program for them, you know, and, and really try to tailor it specifically to what that guy needs. When you look at it. Years going years ago, after, you know, even the Red Wings, some of them to their disdain would say Sergei Fedorov is a genetic marvel. He doesn't really work out. You know, he has his Red Bull and his black coffee, and he's ready to play. He's just gifted. You know, is there such thing as a genetic marvel? A guy who, you know, I mean, works out is still athletic, but really is not kind of caught up in all the. Uh, advanced techniques today. Of course there is, but those are those numbers are getting lower and lower. And actually, and, and then for for the people that are, they're they're even more so anomaly now because of how much everyone else trains. Right. So they've been able to to raise their their level, you know, up even higher than what their say their 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 what their skill set they're born with, so to say. You know, and in training nowadays, especially when you start at young ages, there's lots of science that goes into uh, what kind of training kids, you know, from to that from ten to fourteen should be doing in order to maximize their nervous system, which in the end, when they're older, is going to build a better athlete. You know, so a lot of these kids nowadays are are, are even thinking of things like that. Have you ever had to kind of convince someone? Hey, I know you're a great player, but there's you can go further. You know, you've got to take yourself to the next level. Not so much what you do on the ice, because that might be there. You've got you understand hockey, let's say, or you understand the mechanics or the fundamentals of the game. Yet, if you really want to excel, you have to add you know different regiments to your everyday life. Every single player I work with, <laughs> really, because <laughs> what they all think they've arrived well, already, or yeah, most of them. Not just that, and I, they just haven't real. They don't realize how hard they have to work. They don't realize the importance of defense in the NHL and how you know the. They don't realize uh, the the grind that it takes. They don't realize how physically strong they need to be. You know, there's they don't realize how dialed in nutrition is and sleep is for professional athletes. They just haven't been exposed to it. You know, I think a lot of them when you draft them out of college or juniors, uh, a lot are just naturally when they're 17 years old, 18 years old, they're just naturally the gifted person at that time. You know, not very few of them have had 
from you know they're they're 17 18 years old right, so right. by the time maybe they, they turn pro yeah they've had two or three years of training and but very few of them start at 12 13 14 you do get the odd ones now but not and that would be a waste for for, for the majority of, of parents you know what i mean like right. so you don't get get a lot of that so when you look at uh, uh every year we go to the draft on the friday before the draft or the first round is on a friday i talk to chris draper and he tells me what the Red Wings are thinking, and then I always guess who the Red Wings are going to take. And then the, after the draft on Saturday, Tyler Wright, the director of amateur scouting for the Red Wings, we break down all how many draft picks the Red Wings have, 10, 11, whatever, and we go through it. And then this is what both of them say after the player is drafted. I go, well, what are your expectations? They go, that's Horkoff. We give, <laughs> yeah. we, we give him the Horkoff. Uh, so what happens then? I mean, at development camp, I mean, no sooner were these kids drafted this year in Dallas, it seemed like yeah. they were Little Caesars two days later. I mean, it's a quick turnaround for you. I know you have it all planned out ahead of time, but then again, you're not really sure exactly. Maybe you got a pretty good idea. Maybe a couple of the picks are going to be, but what is it like as soon as Tyler Wright or Chris or whomever comes up to you and says, okay, Sean, here's your guys. Well, that's, that's when the job starts. I think essentially the first thing that I try to do is really, I want to get to know these guys and build a relationship as, as quickly as possible. So at development camp, all the guys that, because uh, now we've moved development camp to right after the draft because we want to get our hands on them immediately. You know, we don't want to waste any time in the summer. Um, you know, I think, and then what happens is normally with when they come to development camp, uh, right off the bat, I'll take all the newly drafted guys out for dinner. And that just gives me a chance to sit down with them and get to know them more. Well, not just me, me and Dan. Dan will right, right, Dan, Dan Clary. Yeah, get, 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 get to know them more. Uh, we'll ask them personal questions about their family. So that just, you, you start building a relationship because it's, you know, my biggest thing is how do you expect a player to, to do what you say and trust you if he doesn't feel comfortable with you or he right, doesn't, right. You, or doesn't know where the, doesn't know the, the place that's coming from. So that, that, that's the first thing that I try to do really. Um, you know, very rarely nowadays are you stepping right into the NHL as an 18 year old. You know, mm-hmm. we haven't really had that yet. You know, I think Zadina probably would have been the first one that we had that would have had a really, a real chance. So that maybe would change things the way we, we did with that player a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's very, that's very odd and few and far between. So I know that I have at least one year with the majority of these guys, whether it's in junior college, Europe, or whatever it is. Uh, but that's, that's the biggest thing. And then after that, I use development camp really, I certainly will watch the players that we've just newly drafted a lot more than I will the guys I already know. Right. You know, after after one year and watching almost every game on videotape or every shift these guys have played in for that year, we know these players front and back. We know exactly what, what uh, you know, their habits are on and off the ice. We know... Uh, you know their strengths and weaknesses on the ice. We know what their family's like. We know what their mental makeups like. We know what they have to work on. So, uh, we'll compile a list for every player, and uh, and then that's really where we try to structure things for the summer and in in season going forward. Well, it seemed this year moving the camp to the Belfort Center here at Little Caesars Arena, which is the Red Wings practice ice, that it seemed the organization was even surprised that. These kids loved it. I mean, gravitated. Yeah. Not that Traverse City was bad. I mean, I I liked the development camp in Traverse City. Selfishly, I do. You know, I'm up in Traverse City for like you know almost a week, and you know it's in the middle of summer. It's really nice, cherry festival, all that stuff. But it it appears that it's going to stay here because of the impact that it had on these youngsters 
who, you know, and I'm going to call them youngsters, even though they're highly developed, you know, highly skilled hockey players, but they're very young men because they saw the amenities that the Red Wings have. I mean, they saw, I guess, the pot of gold at the end of yeah. the rainbow. Yeah, that's the thing. We have un unbelievable facilities. I think uh, if anyone that saw them would quickly realize why the players liked it so much. You know? And I think also, too, that's their first taste of the NHL. You know, they see, like, what is this what we're going to have? This is what we... This is what the end of the road is right here, like you said. You know, like, right. um, and it's nice because you know you see you see the locker of the stars. They're, they're you know the, the current guys during the game. You see where they're where they you know they come get changed in the morning. You see where they work out. So it just makes you feel like you're closer. You know, and I think at the end of the day, when you know, these players are drafted, they literally just 48 hours ago got drafted. Their lifelong dream has come to fruition, and then you bring them into this kind of atmosphere, and they're even closer. And I just think it motivates them to really to, to, to take their work ethic to another level. I would I'm under the assumption then that it's going to stay here at the Belfort Center uh, for the foreseeable future. I mean, prospects tournament and training camp is still in Traverse City. I know that, but I guess my question is, if you didn't have practice sites, because this is a multi-purpose building that you probably couldn't have had development camp here because that sheet is used for everything. Yeah, yeah we, we wouldn't be able to do it. So that's the, like you said, it's a, there's too many things going on in LCA to begin with for us to do it. So we're lucky, we're lucky we have the, the practice rink here. Uh, it's given us the ability to do that. Obviously at the end, we, we have a scrimmage now on the last day, which is open up to the public. Uh, we've talked about even trying to add more things for the people to come down and just kind of see what the future holds for the Red Wings. After development camp, uh, do they have exit interviews with the entire staff, you or Dan, or the individual things? And then do you give them an itinerary or something that you would like to see them use? And if they're in college, that's it. You, they can't come to uh, Prospects Tournament. Uh, maybe some of the guys in Europe can't either because their seasons start a little bit earlier. But do you then uh, uh, give them things that say, hey, we want to see a prospects tournament. Uh, boom, this is what we want you to do. But I would assume that you give an itinerary to everybody. Yeah, and I think we do. We do. You know, we've we've changed the testing here a little bit. We it's, it's we do extensive testing, so we know exactly where they are, uh, fitness wise. Um, mentally you know at, at this point in time so uh, then yeah we, when they meet they meet there's you know Ken, Kenny's in there Ryan uh, Drapes myself Danny and uh, Yuri Fisher for the free agents um, and yeah we'll go through what we thought their camp was uh, we'll talk about why we, you know do we draft them what, what kind of player we envision them to be talk about their strengths and weaknesses and then yeah we'll give them a plan and just say that for the guys that are coming back we want to see improvements here here and here by the time development or uh, prospect tournament comes around, um, and then yeah, and then really from there after the testing is where, you know, you know we'll start hitting the phones and talking to these guys, individual training. Uh, that's when I'll start reaching out to the, 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 the wherever the, the head coaches or whatever team they're going back to, uh, their parents because that's uh, for the majority of the kids that live with their families. That's obviously a big influence in their life to try to get because we can't be there right, twenty four right. seven, right? So you always try to get their parents to. Being as involved as possible and in pushing the same message that that we'd like to be pushed. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a big process. Yeah, I like Casper Katzkinsala, who is a defenseman in the Red Wing prospects. Plays for I believe it's BU. Yeah. And uh, after Lisa McDowell, the team nutritionist, they they go through a nutritional thing at development camp. He he said uh, yes, I I have notified my chef and. 
they're all ready to prepare these meals. We yeah. go, your chef. He goes, yeah, my mother. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> so that's kind of yeah. the. You're right. You know, you've mentioned parents a few times here. Yeah. Do you have contact with them, or are you do or unless they approach you? Because some parents, you know, I I don't know the dynamic between yeah, parents and organizations yeah, sometimes is it, it depends you know um i think of the draft for a lot of the top guys that are there their families are there so we get to meet their parents right away um it, it depends if they're living at home absolutely i'll call and, and, and because like i said you know it's not easy with to, to make the nhl is very very difficult right you know and, and you have to put a lot of time and effort and you have to do things that you don't want to do, you know, especially at a young age until you see the results. And when you start seeing the results, that's when it becomes easier to, to, to find motivation, right? But for a lot of these kids, you're trying to push them to do things that are difficult and uncomfortable um, when they already think they're a superstar because they are. Essentially, at their level, they're the best right. at, 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 at their age bracket, right? So they're probably like, well, why do I have to change anything? I'm already fantastic. You know, like, so it's hard. So that's why... Anyone that's around them, it might not be parents, it might be a brother, or it might be an agent, or whoever's around them the most, um, you know, I want to I want to have a I want to have a conversation. They they need to know exactly the message that the Detroit Red Wings are pushing on their son, um, and they need to be, to be on board, and they need to know why so that they can be on board as well. Uh, it's like checks and balances, right? We're trying to build as many of those as possible for these guys. When you uh, let's now take it next level season, I, I was on a road trip or actually a preseason trip uh, on the Red Wing plane, not last preseason, but the preseason before to Pittsburgh. And where I sat on the plane, right across from me was you and Danny Cleary. Yep. And you were just like, boom, we're going here, you're doing this, boom, boom. You, you were planning out the schedule. Uh, Dan or Daniel or Danny, I guess he wants to be called Dan now. It's my running joke with him. But 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 Cleary's is sitting there like, okay, you know, and I not that he was overwhelmed because I ended up doing a podcast in Pittsburgh with him, but it was like, holy gosh, we are we're like all over the world in a short period of time. What is it like to be you fellas where you've got prospects all over the world? Yeah, we travel a lot. I think uh, you know, Dan and I will we'll watch close to two fifty or three hundred games in person. Wow. You know, not not counting all the all the shifts and that that we'll watch or the games that we'll watch online. And yeah, we have a you know we have uh, over a handful of prospects, good prospects over in Europe. Um, you know, colleges they're they're all over North America. So yeah, there's some there there there's obviously travel involved. But that was a nice thing with bringing Dan on was right. it's helped out because you know we dropped eleven players last year, eleven players the year before that, and um, I don't know we have the, I think we had nine this year at this point. I think it's ten. Is it ten? So I think we got ten. So there's over thirty right there, and that's not even counting Grand Rapids, right? right. So. And obviously, with Dan playing down in Grand Rapids for a couple of years, uh, there's a lot of experience from 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 that, that he brought in, in that sort of respect. So, uh, we have a lot of people that we need to work with. So, yeah, we're busy. When can you describe what have been the last road trip or the last ten day period or wherever you know your your you know your wife and kids didn't see you know daddy yeah. for a while? Well, it just it, probably the hardest one I've had. I'll have all year. I just finished, so you know I was in. Uh, I was in Europe for nine days. I came home for three, and then I went out to Eastern Canada for four more. So that's that's it. Home for three days out of sixteen. So yeah, yeah, thirteen out of sixteen yeah, so, days you're on the road. So that's um, you know, it's not always like that. You know what I mean? Obviously, that, that the one nice thing about my job though is is what appealed to me, especially starting it, was 
yeah, I can make my own schedule. So I have kids, you know, I have three kids and a wife and obviously there's some things in their lives that are priorities that I can kind of work around, which is nice, you know, right. uh, at, at this level, but, but I love it. You know, I'm down at the rink when I'm home, I try to come down the rink as much as possible. Um, just even to, to be around the big team to see. And, and the nice thing with my job is now I'm in my, into my third year. Like Dennis Chalowski was really my first first round pick, you know. Like so, the guys that I directly worked with from draft are now making the NHL. Rasmussen, obviously, another guy, and Heronic, uh, another guy. So that's nice because you're starting to see the end product, and you're starting to see these guys. And then obviously, you, you built such a good relationship with them over the years that it's nice to talk to them and uh, you know just pick their brains and see how they're feeling. When a guy makes it, and let's be honest, I think Dennis was a bit of a surprise this year just because they figured, well, you know, he hasn't really played pro. Uh, you know, he excelled in the Western League. You know, college, I think he was, you know, by his own admission, you know, he's trying to be a student, a real student, nothing against athletes in college, but, I mean, he was trying to hit the books and play hockey, and it was almost impossible to do. Yeah. And so, you know, he went to the Western League. I know you guys kind of said, well, yeah, maybe you should maybe think about going back to college when you're, you know, and, and pursue hockey a little bit more. Um, but let's move forward to some of the guys, and let's start with Dennis. Uh, he has done everything you've asked him. He's a really smart kid, and... You know, you wanted him to put on weight. You want, whatever you've asked him to do, he has done. And is he a shining example? So when you talk to other prospects and say, look, you know, there was a time maybe, and maybe you might even exaggerate, where we were a little, what's Dennis going to be here? Is he going to be a player or is he just going to kind well, of fade away? Dennis had one goal in college hockey two years ago, like to make the NHL and work, what he's doing now. Right. Is incredible. Like really, if you think about the jump, I think, you know, Dennis has been. I mean, he's the ideal person you want to work with on the development side. He literally has done everything that we've asked him. You know, like we kind of laid out a plan. His parents were, were heavily involved early. Uh, we laid out a plan for Dennis about what it's going to take for him to get to this level. Uh, he committed on his own dime to come and train in Detroit. Um, the last two summers, he pretty much spent. Well, three and a half, like the the, the, the entire off season here, you know. So in terms of skating coaches, uh, strength coaches, uh, we've had Lisa McDowell completely alter his his nutrition, uh, sleep people. You know, he's he's, he's grown up because he had to come and live on his lawn. Like he he's literally done everything we've asked. Um, so yeah, of course I felt great pride. I was really really happy for him because he's put a ton of work in. Uh, in two, in, in, in really in, 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 a, in a short period of time, in only two summers, and I think you're seeing the results of that now. I mean, look at he's playing fantastic, and you can really see he's 20 years old. You can just see the the, the humongous upside that he has. He seems to have a calmness about him that that you can't teach. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how how much has that really helped him yeah, well, out? Well, that's that's the drafting aspect. That's where the drafting part. I mean, we you know really these players. You, you talk about surgery, like you know, it doesn't matter how good the surgeon you go to. If you don't rehab it properly, the surgery doesn't matter. You right. Know? Like so, that's how we work very like together with with Tyler and Drapes and all those guys was. You, hockey sense and there's certain things that are very very difficult we get a kid, a kid bigger stronger uh, we can work on their skill set we can try to improve their skating you know small percentage but it's very difficult to, to teach hockey sense and poise especially what Dennis has there uh, that that's really tough to do but you know one thing also I love about Dennis is that when he makes a mistake it doesn't bother him you know he's a guy that 
uh, he tries to go out there and tries to make the, the right play again the very next shift and that's really hard to teach a lot of young guys you know he has that ability um, so he's been you know like I said there's going to be there's certain aspects of a game he still definitely needs to work on especially on the defensive side and just being a little bit harder and uh, killing cycles and that but um you know, you'll live with those at the young age because of what he brings. You know, I think his ability to pass the puck and the poise that he has is is well beyond his years. Right, certainly. Let's uh, let's move to Michael Rasmussen, whom uh, you know was sad a couple of times, and I remember talking to him when he sat in Montreal, and you know he was just chomping at the bit to get back in. But he, you know, he's told me that that probably helped him to see the game from up high. Yeah. And after that Montreal, where he sat against Montreal, he's been a different player. I think what we've seen, and this is why I don't think, and it's my own personal opinion, he's going to go to the t- whether Team Canada wants him or not in the World Junior, is the other night he's in front of Bobrovsky, Dennis shoots, he just jumps up a little yeah. bit, puck goes in, he's 6'6", I know he's, you know, I can't wait till he's 240, yeah. but... You know, if goalie couldn't see it. I mean, he, his his presence in front of the net, his hand-eye coordination, and I know people go, oh, gosh, he's talking about Rasmussen, and he's going to go on and on and about him. But that is incredible for a guy his size to have that, not only the coordination, but the awareness of where he is. And I think he's finally getting it. Yeah, he's great. You, you, can't, be, you, can't, you can't move him. No, he's great in front of the net. You know, obviously he's a guy that that that's his skill set. I think one thing it was a little different. You know, Rask came in the summer, but obviously we didn't have a ton of time to work with him. Uh, he stayed after for about a month, and he went to World Junior Camp, uh, and then he stayed around home before he came in to get ready for for regular uh, for regular camp or sorry for the prospect tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, you know, I think when he first started out, you know, you could see there were some deficiencies in his game, you know, uh, especially his down low play, where that's going to be his bread and butter. Right. Right. Um, but to his credit, you know the coach and the coaching staff's credit, we you know we're in constant communication with them. We we really dissected, broke down his game, um, and then really started working to put put in extra time before or after practice. The coaching staff, you know, Brandon Narado, we're putting in extra time with uh, with Ras to try to get him to expedite the learning curve, so to say. And obviously, that's what doesn't get. It's the best league in the world. It doesn't just happen overnight. But he's he's, he's put the work in. He's starting to do the extra work. And he's starting to figure it out. And you're really starting to see. Uh, He's coming into his own. He's playing great. Are you the one thing that I've always been impressed is, and you know, I, I say this, you know, facetiously a little bit, but you know, now he's 19, but he's going on 55. I yeah. mean, he seems to have a focus and a purpose that most adults don't have, let alone teenagers. Yeah, no, he's well, he's a very yeah. I'd like to see him enjoy it a bit more. There's a couple, <laughs> I think at one point early in the season when he was kind of struggling, he just wants to be. Uh, you know, he wants to be a big part of the team. He doesn't want to just. He wants to help out. He's he's he's, he's got. He's a good competitor, a great competitor. Uh, he, he wants to contribute. You know, and I think I said, man, you're 19 years old. You're in the NHL. Like, I want to see you smile a bit more. You know, like, <laughs> right, right, right. I want to see you enjoy it a bit more. So, yeah, he's a very serious guy. Um, you know, but I think once once you get to know him and his inner team, his teammates will answer that better. But once you get to know him. Uh, he opens up, and uh, he's, he's, he's going to be a good player for us for a long time. Right, yeah, definitely. We've gotten to know him over a couple of years. Andrew Kristoff, our producer here, who's sitting also in this room, this is the guy that can put a smile on Michael's face. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. The, he, he, we have a thing going with him with plums. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we call him. We call him Plum, and he knows it. Yeah, so it's uh, – uh, but he's a, he's a really, really good kid. I mean, and, you know, all these guys are. When you meet them, the Red Wings really have done a great job of vetting their prospects because of the, the, the way that they're just – most people are, let's, you know, but, but they're really good people. I yeah. mean, they and that's important. You know, and these are kids that want it. You know, that's the thing that makes my job easy is that, you know, they're doing. You know, Tyler and those guys in Drapes are doing a great job of drafting players that really want to be good pros because that's it's hard to find motivation. You know, like it's it, it, it's hard to teach motivation. Sorry, that's what I should say. Like, when, so when you have it naturally, it just makes my job that much easier. You know, uh, I I'm going to go through a list here because sure. yeah, you know, I I told you that you know it'd be like maybe 30, 40 yeah. minutes and we're at again. Or yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's just it's just how yeah. I am. But 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 we'll we'll, we'll go, we're in the home stretch. Yeah, I, no I, I I promise. Just yeah, I know. Uh, I appreciate it, Sean. Um, but how much contact do you have with the guys in Grand Rapids, or even for that matter, even in Toledo? Who I don't know what Dan Watson's doing down there, but that team is—you know—I think they've lost one or two games the whole season. But do, or is that more the coaching staffs there that you're in contact with? Than the individual player. Well, Ken kind of, you know, Ken really wants, especially the first month of the season, to almost have an extended training camp down there. So for the first month, of October, we were down there twice a week, okay, um, doing what we do, you know, the skill work, the development, the video work, um, individual skill work, that kind of stuff on the ice, and that's on top of the practice stuff that they were, that the coaches and that are doing on there. But Benny's, Benny's fantastic in that kind of aspect where. I've known Ben for a long. I play college hockey against him, so yeah, Ben you know, Simon, the coach at yeah, uh, and obviously with Dan playing there uh, for a couple of years, obviously right. he knows Benny very well too. So we have a good relationship with those guys. Um, but yeah, the coach, you know, down there, you know, we we get down there as much as we can. Dan's been down. There, obviously, I've been on the road for the last couple of weeks, so that's a nice thing too about um, about having a you know a two-headed horse here. Essentially, is that we always have constant touches, especially right now as more of our. Our prospects are starting. To, you know, we're doing a lot of draft. Like they're starting to come in and feed the, you know, feed the pipeline. So I'm actually gonna head down there tonight and watch the game. And so we do, we do get down there quite a bit, but we're not down there every day. Obviously, coaching staff is is, is a major major part of that development down there. Uh, let me ask you about a few Griffins, and then we'll go into some prospects. Uh, the guy everybody wants, you know, wants him in Detroit yesterday, uh, just because of you know the terrific shot that he has, and he's learning to become a uh, you know, a pro down there, and you're right. You just we've mentioned him. He's only 18. Philip Zadina. Yeah. Uh, where do you think uh, he's at? I, I went down and talked to him, and, and did a podcast with him, and he seems very receptive to everything. I mean, he's not sulking that he's not on the Red Wings. He's disappointed, perhaps, but he realizes that maybe Grand Rapids is a good place for him right now. Yeah, he's listen. He's a great kid, first and foremost. I think that's what's going to make him a great player in the NHL. Um, I think he he knows he's in the right league right now. You know, it's not like he's dominating it, and and where he's just like, get me out of here. I'm ready for the NHL. He has some games where he does do that. I think he's got two multi multi goal games, right. two or three multi goal games. Right. Three. You know, he's got, he's got seven. Right. So, so he's got seven goals. He's got three games. He's got two goals per per game. Right. So you can tell. Um, you know when his confidence is, gets going, he feels comfortable that, that he really takes off. But he's learned how to be a pro. You know he just came out of junior. That's no easy step. It's a hell of a league down there. Uh, it's a hard league to produce offense in. Uh, but he's playing on the power play. He's playing you know top six minutes. I think he's exactly where he needs to be right now. And he knows that 
you know, history shows here with Detroit. I mean, once you go down there and you dominate, uh, you're going to get called up. And that's, you know, it's not really going to happen until that happens. So uh, he's doing well. Uh, would he be a guy that perhaps, even though you said Ben Simon and his staff in Grand Rapids, you know, kind of let them do their thing. Would he be a guy, though, that you would reach out to? Oh, yeah. We talked to, like, yeah, we talked to Phil. Uh, I would say all the time, but for sure. I mean, we... We try to reach out. To, when we go down there, it's not like we're just working with Phil. You know, we try to work out with. We, we not try. We, we structure all those kind of workouts with the the whole team. You know, right, we're, right. we're going to give now. Obviously, our our younger guys that need more attention. No, like you know, there's they have veterans down there also that 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 know exactly what to do. We're going to guide our younger guys more and try to give make sure they're doing all the off ice stuff properly. Uh, let them know exactly what they they should be doing with the coaches. Uh, you know, for for extra work on the ice. Uh, because they're like anyone else. They're, they're, it's their first-year pro. They need guidance. Well, I want to talk about a few more Griffins. Uh, Giovanni Smith, I know the plan was for him to, after his junior career was over, go down and be a dominant force in the AHL and then be up here. I know during people that were at development camp, especially the uh, – uh, the red and white game uh, between Team Howe and Team Lindsay, he was on a line with Michael Rasmussen and Joe Valeno, which was by far the best line in the whole prospects tournament. Granted, they're playing against, or, uh, uh, well, actually, I think they were a line in the prospects tournament and also in development camp. Uh, Giovanni still learning the league the way it is, you know, learning to become a pro. I, I, yeah. Yeah, he you know he got off to I thought his camp was outstanding. You know I think he had, he came in. He's another one of the sum, the guy in the summer that came in. Uh, he put the work in. And I thought he got off to a great start. You know and I think he's going through what what a lot of what a lot of young players do at the pro level is he's he's at a level now where it's not as easy for him to dominate physically as he was. So I think he's learning how to become a better pro. That's another thing that Giovanni needed to work on was in terms of work habits and practice habits and. Uh, it's just taking him some time, you know. I think he's uh, he's he's off. He probably didn't have the start that he wanted to, um, and I know he sat out a couple times here and there. But he's back now. And I know. I think his last game he got an assist was his, uh, just speaking to the coaches, uh, where it was his best game yet. So it's still early in the season down there. Uh, there's lots of season left, and we still believe in Giovanni and think he's going to be an impact player for us. Uh, a couple of players. Let's uh, let's go. I know he's up with the team right now with the Red Wings. He thinks it's a big year. He had a good first year as a pro. Last year he kind of slid, but Evgeny Shvechnikov. Shvech, uh, he seems to have all the tools. He just needs to put it together, and I, I guess that that's... Well, he's out with his knee, right? Right, right. He has a knee injury, and he's out for months. He's out right. for, like, yeah, a long, long, long right. term injury. So. Uh, but he was a guy that I thought he, you know, he, really, he restructured his training in the, in the summer. I want to get a little lighter, a little bit quicker, and uh, I thought actually he played, he, I, I thought he had a good camp. You know, and it was unfortunate that he got hurt because it would have been nice to see what he could have done. Right, so I guess the timeline for him, as soon as he rehabs, he's deemed healthy, then you kind of re-meet with him again and figure out what's going on? Yeah, for him, I mean, you know, he'll rehab up here and, get and, and, and you know, once he gets skating, he's a long ways away from that, but once he gets skating, we'll put a plan together. And I know he'll work with cats here and on, on, on ice stuff and... We'll get him back and ready to go. Right now, is he a player, and this is more my own ignorance here, is he a player that, not that you've done everything you can do for, but, you know, there's a process, you know, that 
that the uh, Tyler hands them off to you and then, then you hand them off to somebody else in the organization because obviously your job is more of a development thing where Schvetz right now needs maybe more tutoring about the NHL. Well, that's kind of, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be as involved with Fetch as I was when he was, you know, not in the NHL right. when he was in Grand Rapids, but I have a good relationship with Fetch. I still talk to him all the time. Okay. Know, like, so, um, not so much lately, but more when, you know, it, through the off season, especially when, once they get to the NHL, you've kind of, you're hopefully you've taught them enough about how to be in a pro, you know, we have cancer, but usually by that point, um, they have a very good idea of what they need to do, at least they should. If I've done my job and Dan done, if we've done our job, uh, they have a good idea of what they need to do in order to uh, to make sure that they're in their, the, the best possible shape. All right, let's we'll make this quick because uh, you've given us a lot of time today, Sean. I really appreciate it. Uh, how I know you're in Europe. How about uh, Jonathan Bergren, whom? Uh, if Joe Valeno didn't slip to 30, you would have, according to Tyler Wright, you would have taken it 30, and you got him in very early in the first round, or second round. Uh, how, how is he progressing? Good. I saw him play over in Europe. Obviously, he's, uh, he's a great skater uh, with, with a ton of offensive upside. Uh, but he's raw. You know, he's a guy that's uh, you know, now playing the men's league over there. He hasn't scored a goal yet. Um, but according to his coaches, and I mean, I've seen his, I've seen all his games, his, well, not his full games, but I've seen all of his shifts on video. Um, he's just, he's, he's another one that's just figuring it out. It's not an easy league to produce offense or the, 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 the elite league in, the, in Sweden. It's not an easy league at all. Um, and he's slowly kind of figuring out as well. But he's a guy that we, I'm still, I'm actually really excited to have him as I think there's a, there's a lot of offensive upside there. Um, the, the little guy, as we call him, who was, I think when you drafted it, it was listed at like 120 pounds, and then that kind of came. But uh, and I might butcher his name, so forgive me. But Otto Kevamaki. Yeah, Kevamaki. Yeah. Yes, uh, he seems to be. Even I think he was like the last guy taken by the Red Wings or something, close to being like their quote unquote Mister Irrelevant. But this kid seems to be a bit of a player. Yeah, he's he's got a you know he's he's. He's, the only thing he's got against him really is that he's just small. But right. if there's ever time to be small in the NHL, it's now. Right. So he's got he's got a, he's got a huge offensive upside. He's got really really good offensive hockey sense. Uh, he's a good playmaker. Um, you know he's a, he's a guy that you shoot at at the at the end there just for the pure skill and talent that he has. And uh, he's someone I'm looking forward to working with also because you know we just have to get him physically stronger to handle the punishment and the. And be able to handle the strength of the pro game. Well, he's he's listed at 5'8", 154 pounds right now, and you yeah. know, 154 pounds. <laughs> and it, he, it might be 154 pounds of barbed wire, but it's still 154 pounds. I mean, he's got a. Yeah, he's what do you see him at? Like 175, 180, or something? Or well, I, mean, I think 175. I mean, just looking at it, but 175 would be a good number. But that's that's it's hard. Of to tone get there. muscle. It's right? going to take time to get there. He's he's a project, so. You know, with, uh, we're, we'll be patient. Well, you know, we, we, we root for the little guys here on the runway yeah. for it. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's go to uh, a guy that I really like. He's part of our blog series, um, uh, Taking Flight, Joe Valeno, who I still think, I think he was really good about it that he fell to 30. He was supposed to go in the first round in the middle, middle pick, 14, 15, most had him projected. But uh, he... When he stepped onto the ice at development camp, prospects tournament, he played a couple of games, preseason games here for the Red Wings. 
and you know, I'm prone to exaggeration, but he could be the steal of the draft. He could be a fine. I mean, he's tearing the queue up right now. Yeah, he's great. I just came back from watching him play. It's 11 points in three games, so, so you can't really get much better than that. So he's he's flying right now. He feels great. Um, you know, I think like like Joe, it's just a matter of of learning the intricacies of the game. You know, I think the defensive side of the game has to be something he needs to focus on. You know, for for turning pro, uh, just overall intensity level. You know, he's 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 one of those guys like there's like the many of the that are dominating are going to dominate juniors. So there's certain things that he doesn't need to focus on down there that he certainly will uh, when he turns pro. But he's a great kid. We're we're, we're in constant communication. Him and I. Um, and he just wants to learn. You know, he, he, he's, he's open to it, so he's easy to work with. I, this is becoming a younger man's league every, each and every year. I'm, because I'm a lifelong Red Wing fan, and, you know, I was, when I grew up, whomever the first-round draft pick was was going to make the team right away. You know, I was just like, you know, I had unrealistic expectations. So I, I'm going to temper this, and this is more me speaking, and I'm not sure if you'll even commit to this question, but thin at center, the organization, although De La Rose has been uh, kind of a fine, the guy from Montreal that they, they got off waivers, but he's, and he's a big body. I didn't realize just how big and thick he is. He, so he's been an, a wonderful addition. Does Valeno, if he keeps progressing this way, because his mind's there, does he have a legitimate shot at being a Red Wing at 19? Because that's what he would be. It's really early to tell that right now. Obviously, he's doing well. There's a lot that he's got a lot of work to do, and um, and there's a long ways to go. I don't like. I think that's unfair for me. I would. I, I get this question a lot. And I, <laughs> oh, I know you that. do. I'm sure you get people. When's Adina coming to Detroit? A projection right. of what right. you think these guys are going to be. You know, I, I I'm very honest with my with, with the players. You know, um, I think that's one thing. I don't really blow smoke to them. I tell them. I tell them how it is. I just believe in that way uh, is, is better, you know, the, the honesty way. But we keep those private, those conversations private. How about if you just whisper it into the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, one thing, like you said, he's got going for him is it is a young man's game. Um, we'll see. That's what next September will tell. We'll see if he's ready. All right, let's uh, let's continue. Um, guy that I really like. He had a family tragedy early on. He plays for Union College. His team was just in Ireland. He scored a shootout goal and all that. A guy that Chris Draper said at development camp, and you've only had him for two development camps. He was drafted in 2017. That's Jack Adams. He's six five. He's a big kid. He's played well in both red and white games that he's been in. Uh, you know, low draft pick, but one of these guys that, you know, seems to, you have four years to really look at him. Where do you think Jack is right now? And he also is part of our blog series, the uh, uh, Taking Flight series. Yeah, he's doing well. I mean, I think he leads the team in, his team in goals. Um, you know, he's definitely having a better uh, year this year than he had a lot last year. I think like anything, he came in last year, and he'll be the first one to admit, I think he thought it was going to be easy, like a lot of kids that come into college do. Um, and he struggled a bit. So he, the, the good news about that is he faced some adversity early, and uh, he changes his working out habits this summer. Worked on his skating, and I think you're starting to see uh, see some fruits of that. He's a big kid, obviously, and he's got, you know, he's 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 got good hands. Um, like I said, he worked he's worked on his skating and try to be able to get get to the places that he needs to be a little quicker. And he's progressing well. Uh, I want to ask you about a couple of defensemen, and then we really do have to to, to end this. But Gustav Lindstrom, 
Um, he's taken the next level professionally too in Sweden. Uh, high pick, 34th overall, second rounder in 2017. Yeah, I, I just saw him play last week there a couple times as well. He's uh, he's playing great over there. He's I think he's almost averaging almost 19 minutes a night, top pairing. Uh, he plays special teams on the second PP, uh, you know, second PK unit, second third PK unit. Um, you know, he's a guy that kind of does everything. He's got a great first pass, got good, good for, got good poise. Uh, he likes to play the game physical, which is is uh, is nice to see. Um, yeah, he's 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 a very good prospect. Just a good overall guy that can can can, can help out and contribute in all aspects. Um, Jared McIsaac injured his shoulder, but since he's been back, uh, former Halifax player, Philip Zadina's former teammate, yeah. they get along real, real well. It seems that Jared, too, is a guy that was drafted in the second round, but the Red Wings felt could have been a first rounder. Yeah, we got lucky there. I think, you know, obviously Max, a guy that uh, I love the kid. He's, 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 he's a great player. I love his hockey sense. Uh, he's, got, he's got good grit, too. He plays the game hard. He's a hard defenseman to play against. That uh, he runs their power play down there. Uh, he's also on the first PK. I mean, he's he's a he's a really big. Uh, obviously, yeah, that, that goes without saying. He's an elite player on that team and in that league. And you know, he's a guy we're excited to have. And when we look at uh, Alex Regula. Uh, he is from the Detroit area. Grew up a Red Wing fan. He's plays for London. His partner was. Uh, uh, I know that. Pardon me? Bouchard. Bouchard. Yeah, Bouchard. Evan Bouchard, who the Red Wings, if Zadina wasn't there, I'm still convinced the Red Wings would have drafted him last year. But he was sent back by Edmonton, so I think they're probably maybe paired again. How is Alex doing? He's doing good. I'm actually going to see him Friday, so I haven't seen him live in a, in a, in a few weeks. But um, he's doing well now. Like I said, I think uh, yeah, when Bouchard came back, they are paired together. They played together in the second half, mostly, of last year. They're comfortable. And uh, he's been playing. He's been playing real well lately. Another guy too, good size. Um, you know, can move the puck well. Good poise. Uh, he's a good prospect. Right. Well, I remember the thing when he was growing up. He had Red Wing posters. His dad was the team dentist for a long time, of different Red Wings. And now that you know, he actually thinks, geez. Maybe I can have a poster myself off in my room someday in a Red Wing uniform. Yeah, that's so. good motivation. Yeah, it definitely is good motivation. Uh, uh, Malty Setkoff, uh, love his hair. I mean, you yeah. know, he's, he's, a, he's a string bean with hair, it looks yeah. like. But he looks like that he could be developing a little bit, too. Well, that's what he needs to do. He's playing, you know, he's playing up in the big league over there, the men's league, which is not easy to do off the, uh, his age. He plays, you know, the way it works over there is um, age men's team pretty much has a junior team. So... It's easy for some some players will play in the junior game the, the day before in the men's league the next night you know it's right so right yeah he, and he, goes he up does that right yeah, he yeah. goes up and down a little bit but uh, strength is a you said it is an issue for him he just needs to uh, he he's a, he's a pretty good skater he's got a pretty good shot you know he does a lot of things well it's just that that men's league his strength needs to come on so this is gonna be a big sum big big summer for him this off season. Casper Kakinsalo played on a BU team that was heavy with defense last year as a true freshman. A lot of those guys went to the NHL or NHL draft picks. Obviously, he is too. How's Casper doing? Good. I think he started off, you know, started off a little slow. But he's been playing much better as of late. You know, he's a, their team hasn't been doing all that well, uh, so it obviously makes it a little bit harder. But I love Casper. He's got a, you know, he's got a great attitude. Yeah, it's good personality. Uh, you know, at times he's he's very very hard on himself, which you know, which is is good and bad because. Obviously, we, you know we like we like kids to, to want to push themselves and have that kind of attitude. But there's times where he think he plays definitely a lot better than he thinks he did. <laughs> uh, but he's you know he's another one too that 
Uh, he's a defender. You know, he's he's that type of player that uh, is going to be hard, or hopefully hard to play against, and that can shut you know shut other teams' good players down. All right, two more defensemen and a goalie, and then we're done. Uh, Libor Sulak, who I think surprised Red Wing fans, maybe not so much the organization that. You know, he stuck for a couple of games, obviously, but when he was sent to Grand Rapids, I happened to be down there uh, to do something, a podcast with Zadina. He actually relished the opportunity to go to Grand Rapids and get better. Yeah, he's got a great attitude. I think, um, you know, he's never played on the small ice before, or the, you know, the pro-style ice over here in North America. So we knew it was going to be a little bit of an adjustment period. Um, when you're playing the big ice, the game's a little bit different, especially for a defenseman, you, you know, and... He's he's coming. You know, he's a guy. He's a great skater. He's got good size. Um, so he's he's learning the game down there. He's doing well. And uh, Philip Hironic, who just set a Grand Rapids record, scored uh, uh, game time winners in overtime back to back. Has not happened in Griffin's history. And the Griffins have been around for quite a while now, twenty some years, I believe. And so, uh, uh, and he was he's where Dennis is right now, I guess. I mean, the projection was is that Hironic was going to make the team. For sure, where and he seems now maybe I don't know if he was disappointed. Like maybe it's just human nature, but he seems to be you know regaining the form he had last year for the Griffins. Yeah, exactly. And I think obviously he was disappointed being sent down to the camp, uh, but then was it, you know got called back up and, and played played well. You know I think he well, he's got I think he had three points in his first in, in six games that he played when he was up here. Um, you know, and it's 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 never easy for a kid that at that age thinks they're going to be in the NHL and then and then get sent down. You know, so but I think he handled it well. You know, Philip went down there um, and just took his opportunity to get better and to work on some things that the coaches said to him he needs to work on in order that when he does get called up next time to stick for good. Uh, we love him as a prospect, obviously, and he's going real good right now. When uh, uh, is that when you become even though you're the, the, the director of you know. Uh, uh, player development is that where you become Sean Harkoff more psychologist where if you talk to him you know he's disappointed so this isn't so much about hockey it's just like him as a person or where he's at mentally at that point. yeah that actually that's a that has to do with a lot of the players you know when you're dealing mm-hmm. with them mentally is uh, you know they're, they don't have the mental strength that a veteran NHL guy does have yet you know so um, yeah a lot of times you're, you're if they need you know you're trying to figure how they feel if they need to Kick them in the ass. We give it to them. If they, if they need some, if they need to pick me up, we'll give that to them as well. If they need someone just to talk to, or you know, you try to be that guy for them. Um, you know, you just try to. Each each person is different. You have to figure out what makes them tick, and you also have to figure out what works for them. You know, what right. if it maybe sometimes putting them or being in, in an uncomfortable situation for them gets them to respond on the ice. Well, guess what? They're going <laughs> to be in uncomfortable situations a lot, you know? So I think that's part of the job also is trying to figure out what sort of angle works with these kids to get the best product on the ice and get results. Keith Petrozelli, I don't know how much you're involved with goaltenders. Difficult freshman year at Quinnipiac last year. This year, I think he just had back-to-back shutouts. He's taken the, uh, uh, you know, the wildcat by the horns or whatever their nickname is and really is their number one goalie now. He's done a complete turnaround from where he was last season. Yeah, he's been, he, he was a guy that we, first off, we have, you know, Brian Mahoney Wilson works with right. our goalie coach in Grand Rapids. He, he and Sal too works with, but Brian really for the prospect wise, he's the guy that, uh, that follows these goalies the most, you know. 
I am not a self-proclaimed goalie guru, <laughs> and nor will I ever be. Um, and so, obviously, I do track and we're in contact, Brian and I, and, and, and he keeps me updated on how they're doing. But he's really the guy that, that is responsible more for their development. And right, and, and, but Keith has to, but you know, yeah, Keith, through. well, with Keith last year, he had a tough year, you know, right. and, and it was, you know, I think mentally he struggled with that. So yeah, we were involved with Keith quite a bit last year, the most by far of any any of the goalies but um, it looks like it's worked you know I think he's found motivation he's uh, I think he's matured which was a big thing uh, with him and, and he's starting to realize that he needs to put on uh, or not but he really needs to put in serious amounts of work just to, like like every other right. prospect does uh, to make the NHL and he's doing it it's really nice to see him get results this quickly anybody else that is on the radar that we haven't talked about or maybe Red Wing fans should be aware of or I don't think so I mean I you know I like all of our guys, but there's so many of them, we'd be here till tomorrow. For right, we, we, so th- well, I'll tell you I, what, if there's anyone else I miss, we'll do it next time. Okay, great. Sean Horkoff, thanks for joining us. You know, you're not a bad guy for being a Spartan. I just <laughs> want to, I just, I just want to say that. Uh, appreciate your time. Thank you very much. And, you know, you're always willing when we write our, you know, by the numbers prospects over the summer, we need a comment on a player. Boom, you're right there for us. And I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, thanks, sir.